Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Ayla Skye. This is Daughter of Creation podcast. I have the distinct pleasure of sitting down with Tony Gripper and Kate Roger, two phenomenal women who have a podcast very in line with mine called She Spotlight. Check it out. And we felt this resonance between us about speaking to the feminine, mm-hmm. our experience of spirit, of being weaving in and out of churches, of ministries, Kate, ministries. Yeah. spiritual practices. Yes. Yeah. And we all have a love of prayer, of mm-hmm. prayer life, and I feel has guided all of our lives. And we opened with an invocation, a very powerful invocation, that we be in the presence of love Mm -hmm. during our conversation today, the presence of love and being part of rebalancing the feminine rising and bringing that feminine voice forward. And so it feels like a powerful place and it is time. It is time for this conversation. So, so excited to be with Kate Roger, who is a reverend um, Mm -hmm. and has initiated a, a whole priest priestess lineage and the institute of modern wisdom Mm -hmm. a whole wisdom tradition based on the feminine Mm -hmm. which i've been influenced by through my kundalini yoga Mm -hmm. and then um tony who i'm just meeting but has a phenomenal past as well and has been part of these two met through michael beckwith church what's it called again agape international spiritual center yes Mm -hmm. We're so grateful to be here with you, Ayla. Let's dive in. Let's do it. Where do we want to start? I want to hear each one of your stories about the religion of your childhood, how you experienced it, what you were taught, what was your perspective? I'm feeling the eyes on me. Shall I begin? <laughs> the religion of my childhood. I, I grew up very loosely religious. My family wasn't overly religious. I personally was very religious from a young age. It was something I really carried with me. We went to church occasionally, mostly the Episcopal church. And I had a very interesting relationship with church, but my experience really started when I was 15 and I had a a meeting with Jesus. Um, He came to me when I was reading the Beatitudes, which are, I think, the most beautiful part of the Bible. Sermon on the Mount, mm. and mm. I experienced Jesus in form, and I saw angels, and I had three full days of golden light being shed on everything, mm. and my the deep feeling I had when, when I read Matthew 7 was, this is the truth, and I was just crying. I cried for three days, mm. feeling, I can't believe I didn't know this. I am so grateful that I have found the truth. And it ignited me into an incredible journey through Christianity, um, through evangelical world. And then I kind of returned to my Episcopal roots. And then I stepped out of the church a couple years ago. I, became a, I went to seminary, became a minister, and then stepped out of the church because it felt, um, it, just didn't, it just didn't feel like it held me anymore. But that relationship with Christ will always be with me. And it, it was very authentic. And to this day, he is a, he is a guide of mine. But my, my perspective has expanded into yoga. I'm a yoga teacher. 
into I was a ecumenical and multi-faith minister at a college so I worked with Jews Hindus mm-hmm. Buddhists I got to see every religious tradition you can imagine and with these students and that was one of the biggest blessings of my life but I really at this point consider myself pretty post-religious um, mm-hmm. and really interested in creating a new way forward um, so that's the the short version mm-hmm. what when what years were you? with the the college and the kids and I graduated seminary in 2008 so I think it was 2008 to 2013 oh wow where was that in Cincinnati Ohio oh wow Mm -hmm. okay yeah wow so we was a setting that they sought you out or was it someplace they were coming regularly? Just curious. It was it was a beautiful it was a beautiful role. I was at Xavier University, which is a Jesuit Catholic school, and the Jesuits have such a beautiful tradition of service and love. And I learned so much being in that context. And so I was I was in the the main like student center, and we I just helped support all the student groups that were doing lots of different religious activities, whether it was a praise and worship night or um, we we sponsored some really amazing guests to speak about the holocaust for Mm -hmm. different jewish holidays and things like that so Mm. um i did a lot i did an iftar with uh, the muslim student union and brought in some that was the most profound for me was working with the muslim students there was a lot of muslim students there from saudi arabia and Mm. so um I just got to see the beauty of that tradition firsthand. And they really respected me as a woman minister. And um, when I left, they requested another woman to work with them. And they really wanted to reverse some of their patriarchy in their own religion. And it was beautiful. I felt legacy of what we created together. So um, feel that was, I felt very honored in that role. And, um, and it was time to, for me to move on to other things. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's just... Wow. Mm. Thank you for sharing all of that. Mm. It's beautiful. Thank you for asking. <laughs> You're so, I, want to, I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that five hear- years sounds like a real gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I always view religion, and I'm making air quotes, uh, Sundays are the most segregated day of the week. Mm. We each go to our own corners. Um, that's changing. But uh, that's the way I grew up. Mm-hmm. So, wow. share, will you share more about that? Yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about it later. <laughs> Why not right now? Because <laughs> oh, I want to hear about your journey. I feel like you're passing the mic too soon. Yeah, you really. Hold the okay, mic. she's calling Keep me out. Mic. She's calling me out. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I grew up in a Baptist church, and where was that, Tony? Um, Springfield, Illinois, Midwest. Uh, my family of origin is from South Carolina. They're, my parents are from little small towns, and um, they actually worked as sharecroppers along with my mother's parents uh, soon after they got married. Um, Can you I, forgive my ignorance? I've heard that word a lot, sharecroppers. What does that mean? So they were provided with a house. And in turn, they worked for a farmer, a white farmer that owned the land. Mm. And also, you could buy 
things from him. So that means that he controls the price. Wow. Um, so for me, what I remember going to church in South Carolina is that we didn't have musicians. And for me, music really ministers to me. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is there would just be rocking and swaying and a tapping of feet. And someone would start a song and others would join in. And it just, you could just, I felt spirit moving through my body. Wow. And then when we went to, uh, when we moved to um, Springfield, Illinois, we ended up in a church with brick walls and several musicians and an organ and a piano and a choir director. So that was, in my mind, that was massive. My church was a black church. There weren't any white people or any other kind of people. Mm-hmm. And that's what I experienced in Springfield, Illinois. was a town of about 90,000. Wow. So when interfaith uh, congregations popped up, my experience was I started seeing integration or diversity of the congregants. And that was very exciting to me. I think the reason I was really attracted to Agape was because it, was, it wasn't denominational. Mm-hmm. And when I walked in, I saw what I think the world should look like. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much about for sharing that. Mm-hmm. And like when you were just explaining how the music, when people would start tapping their feet and the swaying would begin. Someone would start humming. Oh, my god! And then gosh. from the hum, they would break out into and And what song. kind of a room was that in? Because you said... You described the other one with brick walls. It wouldn't. Wooden? Okay. Wooden houses. Uh, wooden walls, wooden floors. Um, the pulpit wasn't so much of a throne uh-huh. or a barrier. It was um, mostly like a podium. Mm-hmm. So everything very stripped down. Mm-hmm. And what, what lifted you were the words and the music and spirit, not the physical environment. Mm. When I went to Europe for the first time and I saw the churches yes. and the cathedrals uh-huh. there, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And then going from moving from California to Georgia, then I experienced a lot of campuses, Baptist churches that had campuses, family centers, school, wellness centers. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is completely different from anything I've ever experienced before. But I'm most moved by not the physical, mm-hmm. but what's moving through us mm. while we're together. Yeah. I feel that way for meditation. Mm-hmm. I feel that way for worship service. I find, personally, that being in nature mm. gets me there faster than mm. any building. Mm. I agree with you. There's something to the energy of nature mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. That's not true for everyone. I definitely agree with you. Mm. Everything's better with some green mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or some water mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or a mountain. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. What I love about what you what you're, what you're describing is I don't feel any resentment or any. I feel a deep appreciation for what that church gave you, and I'm sure you have your differences. Wow. 
I'm just sitting with that to see if that's really true. I did develop uh, a number of resentments in my church as I, the church of my childhood as I grew up, because there, there were so many double standards, as there are with men and women, just the way our culture is set up. But one of the things that really offended me was if there was a young woman or a girl in the congregation that got pregnant, she had to go before the deacon board and ask for forgiveness, acknowledge that she sinned, ask for forgiveness, but the father never had to show up. Wow. I knew you were going to say that, and it broke my heart before you even said that. (laughs) And, of course, Mm -hmm. I started saying, well, that's not fair. She didn't get pregnant by herself. Why why don't they call him? But it was, it's the way it is now. uh, You hear judges or people saying, you don't want to ruin his life, so we're going to give you a pass. But the woman has to hold the burden of the shame and the sin. So for me, that was one thing that happened. And the other was that even though the ministers were men, um, the tradition of service was always provided by women. Mm-hmm. They did all the work. Mm-hmm. Well, they were there before everybody arrived. They were there after everyone left. And with very uh, little appreciation. I, I have an overdeveloped sense of fairness. That's not fair. That's not right. Why not this? Why not that? And I think that has been the source of my, my search. There are many teachers. There are many guides. There's not just one way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I feel. I'm really grateful for this platform and this moment, this podcasting platform that both of us are utilizing to get our message out because when else in the world, I think of our ancestors, our our grandmothers and great-grandmothers, have we had such a potential to have such a voice Mm -hmm. and for us to come together from all different parts of the country and world and share our stories together and them to potentially reach. I was looking at my podcast. I have like 10% of people from Bosnia listening. Interesting. And I think... Oh my gosh, the influence. Like, this is unprecedented. And, and it's global. It's global. Hello, Bosnia. <laughs> we love you, <laughs> Bosnia. That's amazing. I'm getting chills everywhere on my body. Thank you for sharing that. You know, we're one. We are. We are. Let me hear about your childhood religious training, Kate. Alrighty, well. I I was just tuning in to our friends in Bosnia with curiosity about their experiences. And I'm wondering if you all would please comment, right? Share your stories with us on on our social media pages. And it would be so wonderful to hear your stories as well. I grew up Catholic, Irish Catholic. And my brothers went to Jesuit, so um, shout out to that particular tradition. My big brother wanted to be a Jesuit priest. He was turned down by the seminary, and that's a, a big another story. Though mine is one that's kind of similar to his in a way. 
uh, I was super duper connected to nature. We had this creek. We, I grew up in Kentucky for the first uh, six and a half years of my life, and we had a creek behind our backyard and these woods behind the creek. And I would go out into the woods. Oftentimes I would take off all my clothes and I would run around and I would talk with the nature spirits. I brought up nature um, and what I now call nature spirits and Davis spirits, just all of the everyone who lives in, in, in the woods. And ever since that time in my life, I've been trying to get back to the woods and to the creek. So that's informed a lot of my life. Uh, in terms of Catholicism, I went to Catholic schools and I uh, loved going to catechism and I loved going through the sacraments. I remember my uh, first Holy Communion. I remember my dress. And we used to wear the doilies on our heads. And I felt like a princess. And receiving... I know I'm, I'm emotional. We, um, Ayla was talking about this invocation that we did at the top uh, of meeting here together today. And... Um, I just remember the receiving of the Eucharist was huge for me, becoming one with the body of Christ. And I was in second grade, though it was major for me. And then when I reached the age of 14, when confirmation time came, and that was like right at that post-puberty time, age 13, 14, and sometimes 15 for, for some kids. And that was a huge rites of passage for me. And I remember at church, this bishop came and he was wearing the hat and everything. And it was a time of choosing a name, you know, my confirmation name, mm. which is Elizabeth. Hmm. And my mother wanted me to choose Victoria, I remember, though I got to own that, and it was deeply meaningful for me to choose that name. I was crying the entire time of the ceremony, and it was just, I was not crying as in weeping. It was like every single cell and all of my DNA were shivering inside of me. You know, it was just such a huge moment for me. So, yes. I just have a question. Uh -huh. Why do you choose a name? It's like the reason that you choose a name is because you step into like, it's almost like you're marrying into the church kind of, or at least that's what it was for me. And so I'm choosing this saintly name it, it has mm. to be a saint's name mm, okay. and my Catherine my name isn't Catherine Kathleen because of Irish Celtic background and though there's something to I mean Ayla you did you go through confirmation in the Episcopal Church? yes it's not anything like this though this is very Catholic the okay. name the name change yeah which is in a lot of spiritual traditions actually yes. 
it marks a big transition. Yeah. Spiritual. Yeah. And, and so it was like owning this place or birthing this place, the spiritual place in your, in the tapestry of your life and moving from there. So that was really deep for me and concurrent to that. I was always super tall for my age and super also excruciatingly shy. So one of the things that I wanted to do, my brothers got to be altar boys, and this was before they allowed girls to be altar girls in my particular area. I grew up in Texas, and um, after after Kentucky, we I ended up in Texas, and I somehow managed to become a reader of the readings before the homily. Hmm. And I did that from like age 11 to 17. And one of the reasons I did it was not only to serve on the altar, I did it to open up this place in me that was so shy to speak. And one of the things that I noticed when I was doing those readings that that I remember is sometimes they would change the words a little bit to be more inclusive Mm. you know and uh, the priests never said anything to me so they may not have been listening to exactly what I was saying though um, one day and this was a marked moment for me one Sunday I was sitting on the uh, you know on the Stage in my chair waiting for my time to do the readings and there was this woman sitting on the side and she was completely draped in white all the way to the floor and she was in her late 40s, early maybe mid 50s and I was watching her and then I got up and did my deal the priest got up and did his deal and then it was time for the Eucharist and she got up and delivered the Eucharist alongside of him. And I was like, what is going on? Is she a priest in training? You know? And so I scheduled a meeting with Father Hall. Afterwards, I said, can I come meet with you after catechism one day? And so, like, the next Saturday, I went into his office and met with him. And and I said, what, who, what's, what is that? What's happening? And I was 14. And he said, she's a deacon and she's a lay person and she went through this training and we're allowing lay people now to become deacons and to help out, do to do. And I said, well, do you think that by the time I reach like 21, when I graduate from college, that that the Vatican will allow, that they'll move in the direction of expanding like for women to become priests? And because I'm thinking this is, Mm -hmm. you know, it made sense to my 14-year-old mind, and he started shaking his head no and began to talk about the nunnery and, beca- you know, what you were just sharing, Tony, because a lot of my teachers in schools were nuns, and I saw the same thing, and I thought, that isn't, I'm not meant to be a nun, you know? I, I want to deliver the Eucharist and I want to like, touch people in a, a ceremonial way. Mm-hmm. And, or not, I want that. I, that's what I was 
feeling in my system, what I was being called to be interested in. And he started shaking his head. And before he could even like say another word, I said, thank you. And I got up and then I went on investigations. I went into fundamentalist churches, evangelical. I went for my uh, 18th birthday. I took myself literally to a Jewish synagogue. I went and investigated Baha'i. And, uh, you know, it just launched from there. I went, I'm 15, 16 years old. And on Saturday mornings, I was driving from Sugarland, Texas to Houston, Texas. I found a yoga class in Houston, Texas that three people were doing. And on the shelves of that yoga, it was like in a library type room. And it was like, 70s leftover hippies and then this kid coming from you know doing yoga so I got autobiography of a yogi and be here now by Ram Dass required yeah (laughs) and it just it launched you were talking Ayla about um, resentment and I've thought about that for me like do I did I feel resentful that I wasn't going to be allowed to be a priest, and I didn't. I just was like, oh, okay, well, this is not for me then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so let me explore mm-hmm. something else. Well, in high school, I started to feel, it came to my awareness that there were multiple teachers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, being Baptist, there's only one way, mm-hmm. and that is through Jesus Christ and there's a, a hell, mm. you know, there's sin and sin management. That's how I kind of looked at religion. Mm-hmm. Um, but what appealed to me was any practice that acknowledged and celebrated your life, your possibilities. Um, you it, Any religion that or any kind of spiritual practice that wasn't trying to oppress me, mm-hmm. um, I was attracted to. So that meant I had to do some research. Mm-hmm. I had to do some research. So, And what is it that the Baha'is, yeah. they think there's only one race, and that's the human race. And I went ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. Um, and their teacher was Baha'u'llah. Mm-hmm. And so in my mind, I'm going, okay, there's Baha'u'llah, there's Jesus Christ. There's Buddha, you know, mm-hmm. just a list. And that's why, um, you know, there are some cultures that have multiple gods. Um, mm-hmm. India. And so it just seems like, and even, and even in Africa, mm-hmm. because, right. you know, uh, the wind, yep. the trees, mm-hmm. um, and Native American. Mm-hmm. So... One flavor, one choice never made sense to me. That's and for me, the way I was raised, Christianity should be inclusive. Mm-hmm. Being of service, being inclusive. Did you, did you ever ask your parents like, about that? I asked that? my parents, I asked the minister, what I asked my say? Sunday school teachers. Well, yeah, there, you have ways of being... Like, people will recognize you as a Christian by the way that you behave. But 
I'm always balancing what you're saying. Are you living what you're saying? Mm-hmm. It, it may sound true, but it doesn't feel true to mm-hmm. me. And I had to... I, had, I trusted my feelings. Good. I trusted my feelings. So I was, it was hard to manage me. It, felt, it feels... What you're saying here feels very similar to what you were saying about the church building itself. Like if you didn't feel it inside... If it felt dead, then you're out. Mm -hmm. Same Mm -hmm. with the sort of, you know, what we would call the Holy Spirit in Christianity Mm -hmm. living within. And that speaking for itself, to me, that is the wind of the feminine. That is the Mm -hmm. the goddess within. Mm -hmm. Um, I would agree with that. Sophia. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's just talk about the patriarchy for a minute. Because you, you know, it's been, we sort of all have spoken to it in a Mm -hmm. certain way. And... Uh, the patriarchy is oriented. It can only survive if people insidiously believe that they were born a sinner. Mm-hmm. You know? That the good is outside of them. I was thinking, not that we have to thread our stories together, create some sort of overarching narrative, but if we did, I would. I feel like what we're all speaking to is the idea of claiming our inner authority mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for our spiritual life, for our spiritual journey, of mm-hmm. fi- or finding our way through the reflections that we saw in the patriarchy and mm-hmm. in the church. And, and that's what Jesus the Christ said to do. Mm-hmm. You know? What I believe the, the feminine consciousness has to offer that strong sense of, of the inward life and the inner authority really has that to offer because to me the patriarchy is constantly looking outside and creating hierarchies and that's what's coming into balance right now that's what's being asked Mm -hmm. to come into balance right now yeah the deep listening and the holy communion Mm -hmm. the holy communion with the infinite and being informed by that on a day-to-day basis you know in the mundanity even Mm -hmm. of our own lives and that's super feminine because we're in collaboration with something mm-hmm. when we're operating from intuitive guidance understanding mm-hmm. you know co-creating mm-hmm. with spirit and also what I saw demonstrated in the women in many of the churches I was in is a very deep faith that wasn't shaken no matter what was going on around them. Mm. And I... How so? Like, what do you mean? Well, uh, having faith in uh, what isn't visible. I don't... I only have $7, and I have five mouths to feed in the next week. Mm. But trusting that God is going to take care of me, and all my needs are going to be met. I... Math is real. And to me, I you know, I would be dividing up the days. I go, that's a dollar a day. How can I do this? That's impossible. I'm easily distracted by what I can see, mm. but who I admire and what I strive um, to be anchored in is faith. But also I need to have faith in my sisters. Mm-hmm. The community. The community. Um, 
and have faith that this new paradigm that it is happening and it's not isolated mm-hmm. you know there's a rhythm there's energy um, this is all happening for a reason so I feel like the, the disrest and the unease that we feel you know get comfortable being uncomfortable because things are changing and they're going to continue to change mm-hmm. and I want to participate in that uh, and not see myself as a victim of of change or that I'm going to lose any something because things are changing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't feel that I'm going to lose. But I do want to say I'm so grateful that Kate and I went to lunch on Tuesday and we went where we went and you happened to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and well, we went to a place called Nest, mm-hmm. which is super duper femme. Oh, hi means Nest of the Moon. Yeah, a oh, little feminine space yeah. here uh-huh. in this town. Yeah, we're in the we're, we're in sacred Chumash mm-hmm. land, and we're with the full moon today, too. By the way, how beautiful! So beautiful. Very thank you, God. Yeah, thank and you, Goddess. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for thank you. saying yes. Thank you for mm-hmm. being willing. I uh, just want to acknowledge us all for showing up and for the people that are listening. So I'm just knowing more is being revealed and there is no lack or limitation. Um, We're here. That's where I have my faith. Absolutely. I think we had church up in here, you know? I think, I think so. I so loved the swaying and the tapping. Of the I'll, I'll send you guys some of that so you can Coming into feel nature. It. Really meaningful. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, this is a really rich conversation. Does everyone know what you're up to next week? The church? What are you talking about? Are you in oh, your RV? leaving on my RV. So exciting. <laughs> That's neat. Yeah. So, so she's going on the road. She's taking the show okay, on the road. She's taking the show on the road. And I want to meet you. Reach out to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Connect, um, connect at daughterofcreation.com. Yeah. My email. I, I really want to talk to the people. That's why I feel like I'm being called out. Like, just yeah. go talk to the people. Get mm. off. Good. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. you know, so you there's, there's a benefit of that. But You're engaging face-to-face. Yes. That's what's being asked. Will you, will you keep us posted? Yeah. And we can follow you on. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but okay. I'll keep you posted. Right. We never know what. I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> so hey, um, we're in the mystery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're curious about um, what we're up to, she's Spotlight. You can reach out to us, too. Yes. We'd love to hear from you. And we're grateful for um, weaving with us and with you. So beautiful to be with Whatever it is mm-hmm. that we're yesing. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. I yes. love you, ladies. I, I love you, too. Really, Thank really you so much. created something here. And so it is. So it is. So be it. <laughs> <laughs>